Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Indeed, it is the get right here on 105.3 The Fan. A young guns takeover. Woo-wee! The weekends are here to stay. Alec Medford and the fan phenom Blake Elliott. Talk to me. Rigo Mendoza holding things down for you. The Tolo, the turn it on, leave it on listener. Appreciate you tuning in. In case you were wondering where Reginald Atatula is, he is on vacation. He will be back next week. Don't worry. Don't get to any kind of conspiracy theories on the truckwreck.com text line. That is open. 877-881-1053 to get involved in any and all of our conversations here tonight. Also, live on Twitch and YouTube, twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam or 105.3 The Fan on YouTube. We got a lot to get to tonight as we already got scared coming into the show because mm-hmm. we saw in the Lakers and Mavericks matchup, Luca kind of hobble off the court after a bit of an awkward landing underneath the rim. So we will keep you updated on that matchup. Of course, coming up on the other side, RJ Ochoa of Blogging the Boys will join the program. We'll talk about the Cowboys' big 20-point win over the Philadelphia Eagles and get a little bit of a look ahead to the matchup with the Buffalo Bills, all of that and more. We got college football. We got sharing time, all kinds of stuff to get to here on the Get Right. But we open up our night, Blake. Open it up. With, mark that, uh, the Cowboys conversation I want to start off with is are the Cowboys officially a smart bet for the Super Bowl? And mm. I ask that because I feel like people are going to kind of ingest that and take that uh, a few different directions. There, There's a few different ways you could take in that question. And the reason I ask is because after all of the Week 14 matchups got in the books yesterday after the Monday Night Football doubleheader, the Cowboys are now at the fifth best odds in the league to win the Super Bowl mm-hmm. at plus... 750 tied with the Miami Dolphins, the teams ahead of them from one through four, Uh, the 49ers, the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Eagles still favored ahead of the Cowboys. So I'm wondering if, for fun, is that a smart bet at this point? Because I don't think the Eagles are better than the Cowboys. And that's not just the recency bias. I've been saying it since the first time they played, even though the Cowboys lost. Mm-hmm. I thought that the Cowboys were still the better team that had some bad situational football in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The Chiefs scare me. Mm-hmm. I would not put money on the Chiefs this year. I'm not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in the postseason, mm-hmm. but if I'm betting against them right now, I feel a little bit more comfortable after what's been going on with that team. The Ravens. 
I have this blueprint for the Baltimore Ravens each and every year. They light it up during the regular season. They get me to buy in and put all the stock down on that team. And then in the playoffs, they disappear. Yep. And then the San Francisco 49ers can't finish the job either in the playoffs. So I'm just wondering, there's some really good teams put ahead of them, minus the Eagles for my money. Is this a smart bet at fifth best odds at this point? I I think it's a smart bet. I understand why they're fifth, though, because we do play in the NFC, and I think a lot of people have the 49ers being the best team in football regardless of conference. And honestly, I think it's, I don't even think it's crazy to say as of last week, you could say the three best teams were all in the NFC. Obviously, the Eagles have kind of taken a step back while getting slaughtered by the Niners and by the Cowboys. So I think it's just a product of the, the, of the conference that you're in. I would, like you said, I would take them over the Chiefs. I'm not a huge believer in what they're doing over there. Um, that receiving core just can't seem to get it going. Most drop passes in the league. Don't really know how to, you know, boneheaded plays left and right. And then you made a good point about the Ravens. They always have a good start to the regular season, kind of choke when it comes to playoff time. Hopefully Lamar can get over that hump this year because I do think they're the best team in the AFC. But we just saw them struggle with the Rams and have to go to overtime and won on a Indeed. on kind of a fluky, you know, punt return touchdown. So this is a team that has had its ups and downs. It's had some kind of scary, ugly games against teams that you wouldn't expect it to. So there's really no clear-cut I would say walk in the park team to any of the NFC or AFC championship games because any team is a lot of teams have had some bad losses this year. The only person I would say is the 49ers. They're the only one that went healthy. They just seem like the easiest bet, which is why they're at number one to at least make the NFC championship game. And then whoever they play, who I think maybe the Cowboys, it'll be an interesting game. But I would say the Cowboys is, I would have them as the second best odds personally. I think right behind the Niners and then maybe understandably behind the Ravens just because they play in the weaker conference right now. So the Cowboys moved to number two in the NFC after beating the Eagles and that pushed Philly down to the fifth seed in the playoff hunt. So it's pretty interesting to find the Eagles still ahead in uh, this department. But uh, the Eagles schedule does, and it's already been a point made on the truckwreck.com text line that the Eagles uh, schedule gets a lot easier the from easiest. now on. Yeah, the easiest in the NFL, easiest strength of schedule in the remainder, uh, remainder of this season. Uh, and the Eagles schedule after the past five weeks, they had the Cowboys t- twice, uh, the Chiefs, the Bills, and the 49ers. Yep. So they got through that. They're on the downturn. The Cowboys, their competition kind of ramps up. But my rebuttal to all of that is when did the regular season, like end of the season, start mattering to some of these teams? Really in the AFC it matters Mm -hmm. because the Chiefs have shown that they don't need to hit the road because they're so good that they're going to get the one seed. They're going to play every game at home and then the Super Bowl neutral site and win. In the NFC, we haven't really seen that as much. We've seen some of these teams. We've seen these teams that get home field advantage go in and lose big games. We've seen the wild card rounds get some upsets here uh, in previous years in recent history. We've seen it. We've seen the Cowboys uh, falter in the playoffs at different places. We've seen teams like the 49ers lose, uh, you know, in their own on their own turf. We've seen the Eagles do it. Like we've seen so many people in the NFC specifically lose at home. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if the whole schedule to say, hey, they get the one seed in the week off thing is totally fair in the NFC, at least. I know there's no real way to measure that. It's just the Chiefs have dominated dominated the AFC for so long now. I mean, that whole week off home field thing, I mean, the Eagles, they've honestly probably have looked worse since they got their week off. And I, I understand they've played their harder teams, 
but just the way that their play calling is, the defense just not being the absolute worst third down defense in the entire NFL since then, like those are things that regardless of who you're playing, you still can have better numbers than that. Other people play these same exact teams and don't put up as bad numbers. I know everyone wanted to crucify the Cowboys for not winning or for beating quote-unquote bad teams, but when other teams don't beat those bad teams or beat them by two or three points, it's not a big deal. So either you have to, when you play them, why not have a statement win and win by 40? Because obviously that winning by two or three is going to catch up to you, a la the Eagles, when you play a good team. And the Cowboys showed you that sometimes style points don't matter on the schedule, but not all 10 and three teams are created equal. And we're seeing with the Eagles and some other teams that even though their record shows 10 and three, that they're not really what we thought they were. So I think it's quite interesting that the Eagles are still fourth best odds. And obviously the schedule is probably going to help them and they'll probably win the division. But only time will tell. I still think the Cowboys will go further than the Philadelphia Eagles in the postseason. From the 6A2, the Eagles lost uh, two in a row, yet will still win the division due to scheduling, so not a bad bet. Uh, from the 808, did you say the 49ers can't finish in the playoffs? Yes, because their last Super Bowl was almost 30 years ago. Uh, so I think that's fair to say. <laughs> of course, they've beaten the Cowboys the past couple of seasons, but... Where if where that's is your the Super success? Bowl, then. Yeah, where's the success to go with it? They didn't win with Jimmy G when they probably should have. So yes, they can't finish in the playoffs right now. But elsewhere in the playoff odds, I kind of want to look around it because we we hit on the 49ers, clear cut favorite. Like it's not disrespecting them; it's just saying that we haven't seen them do it recently. It's just a lot of parody. There's no clear cut, honestly, the entire NFL where you're like, just write them in. They're just. They're just going to win it all, and it's super easy. Same with the MVP. There's been a lot of injuries. So that's the fun part about the season. As some people have said it sucked. I thought it's made it good. It's almost kind of college football-esque where there's no clear-cut number one best player, best team, best conference. It's just kind of week to week it kind of changes, and you have to stay up to date, and that's what we got. You, that's what we're here for to kind of keep you up to date on all these different teams and players because there has been a lot of parity this year. From the 817, Philly has looked bad for eight weeks, to be honest. Don't care about the Cowboys and don't play into anyone's narrative, but Dallas has eight wins of over 20 points. Uh, I think that's a good point there. And, look, I'm not saying that the Cowboys are going to go and win the Super Bowl right now. I'm just saying that at these odds, at fifth best, because we're already getting the homer messages in, I just think at these odds, it's a smart bet to have them at number five tied with the Dolphins which I think you can make an argument that the Dolphins' odds need to be lower after yesterday. Oh, yeah, the Dolphins need to – I literally tweeted, I said, I don't know how I can take them seriously. Like, and we'll, we'll get into it in headlines, but the, the Titans spotted them 14 points, 12 points in the fourth quarter, and they still lost with the quote-unquote number one offense, which I believe is when Tyree Kill is out there, but he was in and out of the lineup. How can I take them seriously? Like, you lost to the Titans – not only the Titans not playing at their best, the Titans gave you 14 points in the fourth, and you still lost to them. So I don't know how you can say that team is that team's a Super Bowl contender. So interesting, interesting. <laughs> they got to remember the Titans now. Uh, nice. That was an awful pun. Don't say that was nice. I loved uh, it. <laughs> so, and the reason I bring up the Dolphins is because it goes Cowboys and Dolphins are tied at fifth at plus 750. The next best team after that is the Buffalo Bills, and it jumps all the way up to plus 1800. Uh, and I think there's fair reason because, one, the record is what it is for the Buffalo Bills. Two, they had a rough start to the beginning of the season. But now that they've kind of got to the middle to the back end of the schedule, I think Josh Allen's playing his best football of the year, not of a career by any standard. But to this point in this season, 
that's probably the best look I've seen the Bills give anyone, you know, against the Chiefs. I think that game was a fantastic look at that Buffalo team that might tell you you might want to rely on that defense a little bit more than you would the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it just goes to show with the Dolphins that when their playmakers aren't doing just that, there's a little bit left to be desired. The quarterback isn't exactly elite. He's good. Don't get Mm -hmm. me wrong. Two is really good. Mm -hmm. But they don't have the Josh Allen. They don't have the Patrick Mahomes. You know who does have the Josh Allen is the Buffalo Bills. It would it's really hard for me to have them at plus eighteen hundred yeah. at seventh best odds over a team like the Dolphins that just stunk it up on Monday night football. Mm-hmm. And to their credit, I know not having Tyree Kill for a little bit of a stretch of that game, uh, and then not having surely not a healthy Tyree Kill because we thought he was out yesterday because yep. he came out from halftime without his equipment and everything. That was a whole weird situation that me and CA were trying to figure out last night. But uh Interesting there, and then after that, it goes to the Lions, which have completely just fallen off. They've the fallen of the off. Don't, don't get me on a riot. Plus Lions rant. <laughs> yeah, the Lions just aren't it anymore, and they were my dark horse at the beginning of yeah. the season. It, so really, once you get outside of that top five, top six, that's when you start having serious no, no, no. But at this point, I feel like last year we had maybe three or four teams mm-hmm. instead of five or six. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it feels the same way with all the superlatives in, in terms of betting and all of the prop bets like that, like the MVP voting. It feels like you can make a case for four different guys. Uh, I just like where this is at now to where we can have these healthy arguments against the listeners, against other media, against WIP whenever they come and spew some <laughs> some garbage in our studios. Uh, shout out Elliot Shore Parks. Uh, but I'm not going to let that die ever. I'm letting you know uh, that right now, Blake. If we ever host, I'm going to take shots at WIP because that is just insane. I really, I really enjoyed Elliot, though. I saw him at the Cowboys game. Really nice guy. Can't wait for us to have him back on. But, yeah, it was some uh, some interesting takes, to say the least. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. And uh, speaking of, had something on the Lions uh, offense. We'll get into around uh, the NFL. Uh, just how, bad. Yeah, just how much it's fallen off. And look, Jared Goff has not been consistent enough. He hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been that dude. And that defense cannot tackle anyone. They can't, they right can't stop a cold, man. They can't stop a nosebleed right now, and they're letting me down, man, because this is this the Detroit Lions were like my dream team. Mm-hmm. You get the younger head coach, the veteran quarterback, the young playmakers, uh, the offensive coordinator that's an analytics guru, a head coach that loves the analytics. Like That's the direction I've been wanting the league to go in, and it was so beautiful for all of a month and a half and I was like, yes, the dream is coming to life. If the Cowboys can't do it, I need Man Campbell mm-hmm. and his fighting, biting kneecaps to go out there and do it for me if we can't do it here in the Metroplex. He's letting me down, man. Those lines have been atrocious. The, and we mentioned the Dolphins tied with the Cowboys at fifth best odds. Just not seeing too much that you really love there. And guess what? You got to play them now. So this might be a great time. Uh, here in just over a week for the Cowboys to capitalize on some miscues by the Miami Dolphins team. But, of course, they do have the Buffalo Bills coming up this weekend, which you can hear right here on your home of the Cowboys, 105.3 The Fan in Buffalo. And as of right now, I saw Patrick Walker, uh, shout out DallasCowboys.com, he tweeted out the initial forecast for the game out there because we were talking and Jerry talked about it, which we'll revisit some of Jerry Jones's uh, conversation with the morning show 
here at eight o'clock, but he mentioned uh, something about, you know, their home game. You know, you talk about a home field advantage. He said it's as real and alive as ever in Buffalo because of the weather and that fan base that shows up and shows out no matter what the elements bring. So I'm just glad it's not raining and wet and windy. It looks like it'll be a pretty mildly. Yeah, it, it's going to be a pretty, it, it's going to be like 45 degrees, yeah. like not too high in the humidity department either. Uh, no precipitation in the forecast. It should be a pretty solid, just a little bit breezy of a game uh, for the Cowboys out there in Buffalo, New York. So there you have it. Just a little bit of conversation about the Cowboys and the Super Bowl odds, because I, I just think the parody is fun this year. I, I could make an argument for all five teams yep. or all six, really, since there's a tie for fifth uh, in that top six. I can make an argument for each one of those teams. It's not to discredit any of them uh, to say that I think the Cowboys should have better odds than a couple of them. It's just that's how weird this NFL season has been. Yep. Text into the truckwreck.com text line and let us know who you would place a bet on to make it to the Super Bowl and win it. Let us know what you are thinking. 877-881-1053 to do just that. Coming up next on the Get Right, we go to the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline, and we welcome in R.J. Ochoa, the managing editor-in-chief of Blogging the Boys. We'll talk to him about the Eagles game and the upcoming Buffalo Bills matchup next on the Get Right. This segment of the Get Right is brought to you by Frankel and Frankel. Life is unpredictable and accidents happen. Frankel and Frankel are the go-to attorneys for car truck wrecks in the DFW. And if your loved one have been injured in an accident, contact Frankel and Frankel for a free consultation at truckwreck.com or call 214 or 817-333-3333. Back here on the Get Right on 105.3 The Fan, a young gun's takeover Woo! of the Get Right, Alec Medford and the fan phenom Blake Elliott. Talk to me. We are with you until 11 o'clock. Full show tonight. First time in a little bit for me. So excited to get to so much more in uh, or across the rest of the show tonight. Coming up on the other side, can the Rangers win 90 games this season without this one player? We'll talk about that on your home of the Rangers, 105.3 The Fan. But let's go out to the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline where we welcome in our good friend RJ Ochoa of Blogging the Boys. And RJ, before we get into the specifics of the game, uh, I see you often on Twitter uh, tweeting out the different betting odds for the different prop bets and whatnot, including Super Bowl and MVP status. So I'm going to ask you, Right here, right now, as of December 12th, does Dak Prescott win the NFL MVP? Yeah, I think so. Um, I wrote an article about a month ago, right before the Cowboys played the Panthers. Um, Dak was plus 3,500 uh, to win the award. And obviously, gambling is not legal here in Texas. But, I mean, it, it made all the sense in the world based on who the Cowboys were about to play and kind of the way things were looking in the league to to jump on that. And now he's, you know, depending on where you look, plus 160, I mean, if you got that golden ticket, congratulations to you. I think he's got the story. He's got the narrative. He's got the national love. Finally, he's got the team support. And he's got the chance if he blows through these next few games and I think wins at least two of the next three. I think it's his to lose. So, yeah, absolutely. Lock it up. Hey, oh, you're good. Go, go ahead. Um, question, Mr. RJ. It's Blake here with you again. Um, other than the Bills being at home, 
Why do you think that they are two and a half point favorites with uh, Dallas coming into town? Uh, well, Blake, you and I didn't get off to a great start, so you, we're still working on our relationship uh, together. But, um, you know, um, I I think the Bills are kind of the bizarro Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we all agree that the Eagles are not as good as maybe a 10-3 and 3 record would indicate. I know we've all been kind of singing that song for a while. The Bills are on the opposite end of that spectrum. You can poke holes in the Eagles and, and point to advanced metrics and things like that that, that show that they're – maybe not a top five team, however you want to qualify that in the NFL. Whereas the Bills, I mean, by DVOA or point differential or, or anything like that, they're right there. I mean, where the Eagles have managed to kind of have these miraculous moments to snatch to, you know, victory from the jaws of defeat, the Bills have done the opposite. I mean, you think about uh, the 12 men on the field penalty, obviously against Denver on Monday night. Mm-hmm. You think about the way they handled the end of the game against Philly. Um, I mean, they almost blew it to be fair against Kansas City, but They've had these weird just kind of sequences where they've blown games that they really should have won. And so I do think that, that odds makers recognize that. Uh, but the fact that they're not at least three-point favorites is interesting and certainly suggests that the Cowboys are a good team, obviously. Let's go back to the Cowboys' win over the Eagles on Sunday night football, a nice 20-point victory inside of the division. And uh, one thing that I kept uh, kind of pondering throughout – these past 48 hours or so is just how well this secondary has stepped up in the face of adversity. I mean, we've talked about it all year with the Trayvon Diggs injury, him going down early, but here lately, you know, you've had a couple of guys have some rough games and instantly bounce back. And uh, ever since Trayvon went down, those first couple of games were a little bit rough for a guy like Stefan Gilmore, but here lately, he has been an absolute blanket in coverage Deron Bland allowed just eight yards in coverage against the Eagles. What have you seen from this secondary here the past month or so that's impressed you? I think it's been really awesome to see Gilmore have a chance to be what we all envision. Um, you know, the, the Trayvon injury, I think, really changed the calculus mostly for him. Um, you know, he wasn't traded for to be 2019 Defensive Player of the Year lockdown number one corner, but the moment the injury happened, he kind of had to step into those shoes. And so, Deron Bland's emergence really kind of allowed everything to fall back into place a little bit, so to speak. And so it was really great to see him get his shine, especially after A.J. Brown called him old or whatever. Uh, But also, I mean, you mentioned the whole group. Deron Bland, obviously, I mean, everybody's really well aware of who he is at this point. But Malik Hooker had a great game. Donovan Wilson had a great game. J. Ron Kirsch showed up. I mean, like everybody was kind of eating. And we talk so much about the pass rush and how often they get home and things like that. But I mean, the secondary has, you know, I wouldn't say a claim to be the best unit on the defense, but if it weren't for Micah Parsons uh, and his unicornness, I think they would. And so um, it, it takes a village to, to shut down an elite offense like that and to, to strip the ball away three times from three superstar playmakers. And the Cowboys did that, and it was really, really fun to kind of experience. RJ, I'm going to ask you to kind of take a step back and look holistically about the whole season and kind of looking in the future crystal ball. Would you say the Cowboys are closer to the top of the pack, kind of the Eagles and Bills and Ravens teams, or are they at that same level as the Niners? Where would you kind of put them in position with that? I don't think anybody's on the same playing field as the Niners, mm-hmm. and, and that's obviously terrifying. It's going to be fun to watch them play Baltimore in a few weeks and certainly see if, you know, if anyone can, can hang with them, it, it might be the Ravens right now, but um, and, and even as it relates to the Cowboys specifically, as, as annoying as it is to admit, I mean, 
you know, if the Cowboys meet the Niners in the playoffs, I don't know how any of us can objectively pick the Cowboys based on, you know, literally all of recent history. And so um, if, you, if we acknowledge that there's a, a wide gap between San Francisco and the field, I think Dallas is right there with whoever you want to put there, whether that's Baltimore. I don't know that you can put Philly there this week specifically. Uh, Miami obviously took a little bit of a step back as well. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to argue. I mean, today's power rankings day in the NFL, most outlets did have the Cowboys as their number two team. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're peaking at the right time. They're getting performances from all these, you know, I don't want to call them role players, but not necessarily star players. Mm-hmm. And I, I know we all kind of agree with Dak that he didn't necessarily play his absolute A-plus game on Sunday night, and yet they won handily. And so uh, those are all exciting things, and I think why – I mean, they have, you know, I think we agree, the MVP of the NFL playing the most important position for them, and they have probably the defensive player of the year rushing the passer, and they have one of the runners-up for defensive player of the year playing cornerback, yeah. and the other cornerback they have is a former defensive player of the year. There's all the reason in the world to believe that they're one of the upper echelon teams. It's RJ Ochoa of Boggin the Boys joining us here on the Get Right on 105.3 The Fan. We talked about injured defensive players earlier. Jonathan Hankins goes down with a high ankle sprain. Uh, How concerned are you with the run defense going forward for the next few weeks? As it does sound like it could have been a little bit worse than we expected. Yeah, I mean, you certainly hesitate, I think, to call it good news, but um, certainly could have been worse news. And mm-hmm. obviously these next four games are potentially incredibly consequential. And a lot of that depends on what happens to Philly and San Francisco across the rest of the NFL. Um, but, but this is a chance to, you know, work on depth. This is a chance for Monty Smith to, to get some opportunities and to really kind of prove what the Cowboys saw in him, why they drafted him in the first round. Again, I, I would not frame it as the Cowboys are at a point in the season where they're playing with house money. But they're a playoff team, and they're in all likelihood, as much as we want to hope that they're going to win the division, they're probably going to be the five seed. And so if they have a chance to, to strengthen some depth that can be valuable in one moment of the divisional round or whatever the case may be, um, I think that's the, I don't want to call it blessing in disguise, but the silver lining to a very small degree from this overall situation. Um, so in a resurgence, we saw Michael Gallup kind of come through, make some big catches, um, obviously had the touchdown there in the red zone. What have you thought about him? Has he kind of been flying under the radar, been producing, but we just haven't seen it? Where do you see him, his role with the Cowboys moving forward? Yeah, that's, you know, the fan base has been, I don't want to say hard on Michael Gallup, but I mean, I think that would be fair to, to characterize it mm-hmm. that way. Um, I know we all enjoy the, the sounds from the sideline video that the great team at DallasCowboys.com puts together. And I thought last week's was really interesting in how C.D. Lamb made it a point to highlight how involved and how influential Michael Gallup was, um, you know, on his touchdown. And so I do think that Gallup might be doing a little bit more dirty work, hidden yardage than than may meet the eye. Um, But this is what this time of year is about. I mean, as amazing as C.D. Lamb is and as awesome as Brandon Cooks is, like you just can't have that be the case week in and week out. You're going to have to have your – your role players, your depth players, your whatever, step up. And there's going to have to be a game where Michael Gallup goes off or Michael Gallup has the clutch touchdown at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. And so the the floor is so much higher for the Cowboys right now than it was a month ago, or a year ago, excuse me. And that's what I think is really exciting about the team as a whole. RJ, why does this season in the McCarthy era feel different at this point than any of the other seasons in the McCarthy era? I think – the obvious answer is probably because they're winning, you know, so largely and they're dominating teams. 
Um, and the one time they've kind of been tested in a in a ten round fight, they they've won against Seattle. Now they've obviously been dominated uh, by San Francisco, but I think some of it is you know they're battle tested and and they've built scar tissue together. Um, so it's not you know I think when things are new, um, you know you you don't have that experience even as a fan. Like you haven't seen them fall, and so. Um, you you know how precious it is. You, you know how uh, desperate you have to be, and you you see the the fruits of all the labor. And I think you know I'm happy to see on a national level that Mike is starting to get I think his his due, and I think more people are starting to give him credit. Um, but I think his program has really started to be implemented, and I think enough time has gone on that people uh, are finally willing to acknowledge how great of a coach he is and how great of a play caller he is. And I think that's part of it too, is that. He went into this season and he said, I, I want to call the plays and I'm, I'm willing to move on from somebody who helped us be an incredibly efficient offense. And for like six months, the whole world laughed at him. Um, and so I, I think that some of it is people starting to realize that they might have been wrong, which wasn't necessarily the case before. Um, and, and, and so it's refreshing. I mean, they're, they're not quite seniors on campus is, is not the right analogy, but there's enough time built up that I think people are willing to respect the overall process. RJ, last one before we let you go. If I told you that through 14 weeks of play, Brandon Aubrey would be the Dallas Cowboys kicker and he would be perfect on field goal attempts. If I told you that during the summer, what would you have told me? Yeah, I mean, I have killed the Cowboys for how they've handled the kicking situation a lot of times. And I was a little bit more patient this time around just because they've kind of earned the benefit of the doubt. I mean, a, a year, I guess a year and a half ago, they just plucked Brett Maher out of thin air and obviously brought him back. But um, And he was great. And I feel so bad for, for Brett for how things ended last year because he had a great regular season and nobody wanted to give him credit for that at the end. Um, but, but the way they discovered Brandon Aubrey, the trust they put into him, not just in general, but certainly on Sunday night, he is a, a certifiable weapon. And the fact that he hasn't won – you know, any individual accolades is stupid to this point. He better win NFC Special Teams Player of the Week this week. Um, he's amazing, and it's awesome to see his story being told so much. He deserves all the credit in the world. What he's doing is it's impossible. I mean, the, the record is to start a career for consecutive field goals made was 19, and he's at 30. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's Butter. unbelievable. Butter Aubrey. Butter Aubrey has been just that. And you can find his great work with Bong and the Boys, and you can find him on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. He is RJ Ochoa. Appreciate the time as always, man. And uh, hope to talk soon. Appreciate it. If I don't talk to you, Alec and Blake and everybody else, um, before then, have a very happy holiday season, a very Merry Christmas, you and your families. Yes, Likewise, you my friend, there he goes on the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline. RJ Ochoa always bringing the heat and has the great content, him and his staff out there for SB Nation's blogging the boys. We do have live action at the AAAC with the Dallas Mavericks and the LA Lakers as the Mavericks lead 66-53 to as it stands right now. Luka seems to be fine after hobbling a little bit there uh, in the first quarter, So, and he's still scoring like crazy. So, uh, he's I got think, a steal. He's yeah, playing defense. And he just got a steal. So, yeah, I think he's totally fine. Uh, so, <laughs> some, uh, some great basketball going on at the AAC. We will keep you up to date on that matchup as it continues to go. Just under two minutes left in the first half. But coming up next on the Get Right... Can the Rangers win 90 games this season without signing this player? We'll talk about him and more next on The Fan.
This segment of the Get Right is brought to you by Classic Chevrolet. Classic Chevrolet is leading the way to finish the year number one in America. They're racing hard with over 400 Silverados. Shop them all at ClassicChevrolet.com. This is Texas. This is Classic Chevrolet. Find new roads and relax and enjoy the difference. Siri having a fine year in terms of power production. Shows Bunt here and pops it up toward first. Diving for it, Montgomery. He makes the catch. Jordan Montgomery, the pitcher, comes off the mound and makes a diving catch midway between home and first, just inside the line to retire Siri. Can the Rangers win 90 games this season without re-signing that man? 877-881-1053 to get involved in the conversation on the truckwreck.com text line. And it's the get right here on 105.3 The Fan. But it's a Young Guns takeover. Yes, sir. Because, you know, we make the decisions around here. We do. Because we are the Young Guns. It's Alec Medford and the fan phenom, Blake Elliott. Talk to me. With you until 11 o'clock today. Wanted to bring in some of the Rangers conversation because one has to think after the Shohei Otani deal came together that the dominoes across MLB free agency have to start falling here in the next few days, next few weeks. Mm -hmm. You got to start seeing some signings and some movement across uh, free agency in Major League Baseball. And one of those cogs in the machine that's going to be a major talking point across all of MLB is Jordan Montgomery. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, obviously a big key piece to making that playoff push and in the postseason success that led the Texas Rangers to a World Series championship, in case you didn't know. Yeah, can you say it one more time? One more time. A, a World Series championship. A World Series Yes, a sir. A World Series, not not an American League champ, not a, a American League divisional series. No, World and Series I, I championship. Think, and I know where you're going to go with this, but Chris, Chris Young, being aggressive as he is, I don't think this World Series champ satisfied him. I think he wants no, more. It, it but continue, didn't. continue. It clearly didn't. So, can the Rangers even make it to 90 wins again without? bringing back one of the key cogs of the machine in Jordan Montgomery. And I asked that kind of as a loaded question because load me up. I think, I think it's possible uh, that they still do it, I, that they can still win because mm-hmm. Nathan Valdi is healthy. Um, and you're getting a presumably healthy Max Scherzer back. You hope to get Jacob DeGrom later in the season, but uh, Jordan Montgomery was healthy his whole time after the trade deadline, and he was consistent. In his time Barry. with Texas, he was 4-2 and two with a 2.79 earn run average. He was just absolutely fantastic. You knew you were going to get your quality six-inning start, if not more, out of Monty. And the reason I'm asking this question is because we got some reporting over the weekend from Ken Rosenthal that the Rangers might be out on Jordan Montgomery because Mm -hmm. of the uncertainty surrounding their future TV deal Mm -hmm. and the near future of that TV deal because there's been all the different rumors of, hey, Valley Sports Southwest might bail this season, which means you would have the league retaking over streaming rights for the Texas Rangers, meaning a lot less money going to the Rangers' pockets. And there was a piece out there, I want to say it might have been front office sports, that I was looking at over the weekend that broke down the media rights and the money that each team gets from uh, the RSNs and everything per season. And the Texas Rangers last year got millions upon millions. I think they were in the top five in the league in terms of the money that they got directly from TV revenue. Mm -hmm. And it was something 
wild like a hundred million dollars yeah that's a lot of money this is a team that has a higher payroll now because of the additions that they made before each of the past two seasons and during the season with the trade dead on mm -hmm. uh they added on some salary obviously they shaved some of it off with new york covering some of max scherzer's deal a lot of max scherzer's deal so on and so forth but jordan montgomery is going to be a guy that's likely going to get somewhere in the neighborhood of 125 million dollars mm -hmm. uh you're going to look at some something like 27 to 30 million per year maybe and especially if yamamoto signs before him you could see that number kind of inflate i think it's a little bit unfair because yamamoto is an international appeal so he's going to get more money because of that because of the marketing opportunities but uh, if high-end starters are getting more than we expected this offseason, that trend shouldn't stop with the, uh, Jordan Montgomery and any team that wants to sign him. A lot of the big contenders have shown interest in him. You've seen Boston show interest. You've seen other teams like the Giants. Pretty much any contender that needs pitching has shown interest in a Jordan Montgomery. And with Ken Rosenthal's reporting, it got me wondering if they can't bring him back and the way that this winter has played out so far for the Rangers, they haven't done really anything. Mm -hmm. They brought in one reliever, and that's about it. And let Will Smith go. Will Smith has just walked somewhere else. Chris Stratton today mm -hmm. uh, agreed to a, a deal, I believe. I want to say it was with the Royals. I had the details. Uh, I will pull those up and correct myself Stratton. if need be. But uh, Chris Stratton is leaving. Look, those are not leverage guys. Those are guys that... For pure depth, and you hope to not really need. Uh, it's, yes, it is the Kansas City Royals that are finalizing a deal with Chris Stratton. It took both our boys. It took Will and Stratton. As of earlier today. So you're losing these depth pieces. You're not really doing too much right now, even though I have said I think that the Rangers will make a trade before mm -hmm. they make a big signing mm -hmm. uh, just because they can negotiate, hey, can y'all cover some of this money if, we, if we throw in an I'm, extra I'm in the same headspace. I don't think that they're rushing to get one of these guys because they're in front of the eight ball. They, they just won. They have all the pieces, and a lot of their guys are on the back backside of contracts. So like you said, they have tradable pieces. They have some front-loaded contracts where there's some big money tied up in some guys like, hey, would you want this guy versus – adding to the books and just signing another guy. Now, I do think getting Montgomery back would be less stressful because you already know that he's been able to help you in the postseason. You've seen what he's done rather than getting another guy in your system that you kind of have to integrate into the system or whatnot. I would, you know, love Yamamoto, but do you think the Rangers need to have a splash signing? We kind of did that last offseason. So I think especially in this microwave kind of MLB and sports in general that we're in, we want, we want constant dopamine. We want a new signing, a new trade, and this big player to go to your team. And then you realize, hey, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of getting adjusted to. And I that's why I think having a guy like Montgomery back would be easier. But Chris Young and them boys and Bochy, they know what they're doing. You know, you don't win a World Series by just guessing on players. I mean, some of the highest players on our payroll, payroll didn't even play with DeGrom. So... Sometimes just getting the highest name out there isn't always the best deal. And, you know, Montgomery, how old is he right now? He's getting up there. I don't think he's a young gun. Jordan Montgomery. I thought he was on the younger side. Let's see. He, he looks he looks beautiful. <laughs> 30. Yeah, so he's Mark. about, for a pitcher, you know, he's on the kind of that middling. Yeah, part he, of it he's, right he's in like the prime of his yeah, career. Yeah. So that's, that's one reason why teams are going to be aggressive mm -hmm. with him. 
because they know that they can lock him down for the rest mm -hmm. of his good years, presumably. And he really hasn't had any stretch in his career where, he, where he's been necessarily bad. Mm -hmm. This year was just the coming out party. Uh, from the 945, uh, CY will do his job. I like that faith. Yep. Uh, the 945 saying they only use three relievers in the postseason pretty much. Well, I'm here to tell you that's not sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> that obviously We had it, some insane reliever innings in the postseason that I don't think anyone saw. We're like, oh, okay, wow, he's pitching a lot and almost throwing a shutout. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not think that Josh Spores was going to come in for two innings to close <laughs> out the, the clinching game. In, Mariano in Rivera. <laughs> I, I did not expect that. I thought it was going to be Spores or Clerk, and it was just, no, he's pitching well, get back out there yep. kind of thing. Um, so, look, it worked this season, but I don't think it's sustainable. Um uh, and I think it's the same nine, four, five. Will Smith could barely pitch. We are good. And look, I said earlier at the beginning of the segment that th these are not major names. It's I, just you're losing more than you're adding right now. Yeah, we do have one problem to look up, though. Will Smith, every team he's gone to has um, won the World Series. 2021 Atlanta Braves, Will Smith. 2022 yeah, Houston Astros. Stops. Yep. 2023 Rangers. And now he's on the Royals, so... The Royals aren't doing anything. I don't know. Is the curse broken? <laughs> but uh, They're not doing anything this year. I'm I not even going to feed your <laughs> ego there. I'm not. I refuse. I refuse. Bobby Witt Jr. and Will Smith going to the World Series, baby. Okay. Said no one ever. Uh, from <laughs> the I'll feed into it. Why not? From the 817, uh, is Clayton Kershaw a consideration? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you know why? Because he's already made it very clear and obvious there are only two teams in Major League Baseball he would play for. The L.A. Dodgers, the only team he has ever known, and the Texas Rangers. Grew uh, up here. Obviously, there's concerns with he just got shoulder surgery. He is old. He wasn't exactly great in the playoffs last year. There's a lot of variables there, and he said on Instagram at the beginning of November, I think, he said that he hopes to be back next summer, so he wouldn't even be available uh, the first week of the season and the first couple months. Uh, so... That might be a good thing, though, because I've heard Mike Bassick talk about, hey, what if he was fully healthy? You brought him in and you just said, we're not even going to play you until June, you know, because we want to get the most consistency out of mm -hmm. you. And he was great at the beginning of the season. He looked like vintage Clayton Kershaw. And then what happened is the season dwindled on. He got hurt. Mm -hmm. And then after he got hurt, he could not do anything in the postseason. And we already have not not talking about postseason success. But we already have two of those guys on our team with Scherzer and DeGrom that are 35 and 39. Do you want to do you want to really put a lot of resources into another 35-year-old expensive pitcher? I think, you know, you It's might, a fair critique. Yeah, you might want to go on maybe the younger side or even kind of stick it out with some other guys that are in your um in your farm system. So, I personally wouldn't go out and get Clayton Kershaw. Uh, but, it, you know, that's on CY seeing if he thinks our windows right now. But I think the Rangers, the good thing is they have a lot of good young talent. I think you keep building upon that as you already have some older expensive pitchers on your on your payroll. So it'll be interesting to see what CY does. But I think he's taking his time, letting the field kind of play out. And um, I trust him. I will say that. That's that's the good thing right now is I trust him that he'll make the right decision, whatever that is. From the A17, Monty is key to our continued future success. Agreed, man. I just I'm I, I fall in love in pro sports with consistency and availability. He was both of those for the Rangers in a very small sample size. I get that uh, coming over at the trade deadline, but he gives you exactly what you need from a starter. He'll give you six to seven innings, sometimes eight, which is each great. night. He's gonna give up 
three or less more times than not, uh, and more times than not, probably two or less. He is just, he is fantastic. He is durable. He is everything you want, and that's everything that contenders want too. So it might get difficult in the bidding war per se, but all that being said, there are other options. Mm -hmm. You know, there's other moves that Chris Young and Ray Davis could make that could still help this team and help them be good. Would it be sustainable for playoff success? You don't, you know, none of us know. It's projection projections. Season. It's projection Projection, season. projection. But there are trades to be made. As we mentioned, we think that they could make a trade before they make a key signing. I mean, Dylan Cease is still available mm -hmm. in Chicago. Uh, and I saw... I want to say it was Bally Sports reporting a uh -oh. few weeks ago. Can we trust them? They, <laughs> I trust their people. I just don't trust their uh, business. No, aspect, no, we but, love their people, but the uh, uh, corporate side. I, I I saw some reporting that there was belief around Major League Baseball that the Rangers could use Justin Foscue as a trade piece. Shocker. But mm -hmm. that coming up at this time, and I see Dylan Cease available on the market, that makes me think that's why this reporting is coming out. So I think Dylan Cease would be a great option if you want to go replace a uh, a Jordan Montgomery without having to pay a dude $100 million. Yep. Tyler Glasnow is available uh, in Tampa Bay. I think that would probably be equally as difficult of a deal to make because, one, he has injury history, and, two, he's just that damn good. And the Dodgers have already shown interest in him, so you might not get him because they'll say, hey, here's half a billion. We'll defer it across 25 years. We'll use afterpay on it, and uh, we'll be fine. Yeah. So, Cow uh, I said Cowboys. I was reading the fan text. Rangers are fifth in 2024 payroll with $191,888,000. Fifth on the list with the Mets, Phillies, Yankees, and Braves all ahead of them. Astros and Cubs and Cardinals, Padres, Red Sox below them. So they're right at that top of the list, but there's still some teams spending some more dollars. So as much as it seems like we're blowing it out of proportion, they still – they still got room to to kind of go up or down, but, you know, fifth on the list isn't too, too bad with the World Series banner behind it. So we'll see if they keep spending or, like me and Alex said, if they make a trade and try to move on or off some money. Uh, let's see, from the 469, would you want to see Jack Leiter in the bullpen? Um, Is it Leiter or Leader? Leiter. Leiter. I, Leiter. I, I say no, honestly. I don't uh, because I'm scared of the development. You know, you haven't heard amazing things, which you're not really supposed to. But at the same time, when you pay them that much money coming out of college, you kind of expect things to pick up a little bit at some point. You start hearing some like, hey, he's looking real nice. Now it's been a little bit shaky for him. But I want to trust the development enough that he'll still be a starter because I think you're going to find yourself when Nathan Avaldi's contract comes up. Uh, when John Gray's contract comes up in a couple of years, you're going to need guys that have team control. I want Leiter to be a starter. Yeah. Personally, I think he needs to stay there. Um, so there you have it. A bit of a conversation about the Texas Rangers because they're World Series Rangers. champions. So we're going to be talking about them all offseason because we can, and we're the home of the Rangers, 105.3 The Fan, but we are also Boom. the home of the Dallas Cowboys. So we enter our number two of the Get Right with a conversation about what makes this year different than the rest of the Mike McCarthy era. You'll hear Jerry Jones's answer next on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.